0: Hello and welcome to the Magical Midlife podcast where you get a refreshing, uplifting and optimistic perspective on life in your 40s and 50s. I'm your host Lindsay DeSwart and I'm delighted that you've joined us here today so let's jump right in. Good morning, good morning and welcome to the Magical Midlife. This is Lindsay your host, I hope you're doing really well today. So today I have got a rather different sort of interview for you and I'm really excited about it because it's a bit of a milestone for me because I was very lucky to have an email from a gentleman called Curtis Herbert and he emailed me and said, my wife runs a business, we run a business, Themelios, and we think that we would have a lot in common to talk about this midlife challenges. So, today I am delighted to welcome Karen Herbert to our Magical Midlife podcast. Good morning, Karen.
1: Good morning, Lindsay. It is a gift and an honor to be here with you.
0: Well, thank you. I am so delighted. I feel very starstruck that somebody actually reached out to me to be in this lovely, lovely uh, podcast
1: opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's. We, we just love what you do, Lindsay. And in my interactions with you, it's just been a joy. I'm so pleased to get to know you.
0: Fantastic. And I feel just the same. So I can't wait for you to share a little more of your story, because obviously I've heard little bits, mm-hmm. but I know there's a lot more than I need to find out.
1: <laughs> there always is, right? There always
0: is. Absolutely. <laughs> so can I hand it straight to you, Karen? Why don't you start with just
1: introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you? Sure, I'd love to. My name is Karen Herbert. I am married to Curtis Herbert. We've been married for 21 years. We have three young adult children in various stages of higher education, and we have lived in Minnesota for about 25 years. I was not born here. However, it's been a lovely place to live and to raise a family. I do, as you said, have a business, Melios Coaching, and I work with empty nesting or almost empty nesting moms to support them as they thrive through this very sometimes challenging transition, Mm -hmm. but also set the foundation for the next season of life and really enter in with all that they are and all that they have to offer.
0: Fantastic. So when we had our original chat, it was so funny because you said, you know, well, there's a number of things we could talk about. And I think there were five things that you talked about, about the different challenges that we face, you know, in empty nest years. And all of them, I just, I mean, I was transfixed saying, uh, yeah, all of those apply to me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So where shall we start? Oh, yes. So my real question for you, because I'm sure we're going to get onto that because we both walk this path. So yes. will you tell me a little bit about, you know, where your career started? Because very rarely do we start doing the thing in our careers that we're now doing today. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you've walked this path into empty nesting and the
1: magical midlife. Yes, I'd love to. Well, basically, I've always been a nerd and <laughs> I... Self-admitted. <laughs> Self-proclaimed, I have honor. my my nose in a book since I was small. So when I was in college, I I just really became very interested in those bigger questions of life. I was a philosophy major, then I I did some postgraduate work in theology and systematic and historical theology. And and I always had this this spiritual bent as well and the, the interest in these questions about life and and how it all fits together. I was at one time pursuing academics as an option for my life. And it's so funny because coming onto this podcast with you really gave me an opportunity to think back more more reflectively on some of those periods in my life, especially because my own kids are now in their early 20s and, mm-hmm. and making some of those decisions. And it it's just, um, I was thinking about how seriously I took it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a lovely perspective because you are so right. I, it just meant like, whoa, what am I going to do with my whole life? And if I go this direction, I'm just putting myself in this one, you know, path. And there, it was like this sort of lack of perspective that It's just this journey and it's going to have all these twists and turns and, and there's something about being able to enter into that, Mm -hmm. that just lightens the burden a little bit and and takes the load off. And, and I was thinking about it because recently I've been helping one of my kids in some of her decision makings. And I saw that in her and I was like, that was totally me, right? You know, (laughs) so serious about the rest of my life. And when in reality, it's just this beautiful process and unfolding and, and to enter into it with that approach just can bring so much freedom. So, so that was an interesting reflection I had on, on that time of, of taking it so seriously. And really for me, when I, um, I had entered into this path and, and it was, was you know, heading into academics. And then when it didn't work out, when I decided not to, mm-hmm. it was like this big failure for me. Oh yeah. And, and just like, well, this is what I have to do, or this is what I'm supposed to do. And then when I don't, I've failed at that. Yeah. And, and I can just see so much in, in retrospect that I didn't need to approach it that way. That's not, <laughs> you know, when you're 24, you can't, Fail at life, you know. <laughs> just getting started. Oh
0: my goodness! Do you know what? That's so funny because it's so true. And who hasn't gone through that?
1: Right, right.
0: Oh my goodness! So I remember in my corporate years when I was, you know, twenty whatever, and then the, you know the next chapter comes along, and mm-hmm. you think that, oh my goodness, well this is it, mm-hmm. you know and it's not even a question of this is my first big failure it's well that's it yes it's yes. all gone to hell in a handbasket I'm done <laughs> my life is shot yes absolutely <laughs> oh I'm such a loser <laughs> yes yes so awesome that we all beat ourselves up about that and so <laughs> lovely thank you for highlighting that appreciate it <laughs> <that. laughs> So so once you'd obviously had that first big failure now, what then sort of transpired? How did you then grow through that? Because if you didn't follow the academic side Mm -hmm, or not mm -hmm. as much as you thought you were going to follow the academic side, then where did it take you?
1: Well, I was sort of at a loss. You know, what do I do now? (laughs) And and so I because I had the spiritual bent, I just thought, well, I'm going to take a year or two. I'm going to do some service somewhere. I'm going to get collect myself and and really give some thought to what's next. And so I just moved to Minnesota and signed up with this with this group. We did uh, retreats. We did some campus ministry. We did sort of a variety of things. And and I just stayed here. You know, sometimes you, you come, you think I'll do this for a couple of years and then you blink and it's been five years Mm -hmm. and, and I've always been sort of an intuitive decision maker. So, so so I don't always have this clear plan. And I think that's why I wanted the clear plan because (laughs) I was worried that I, I just would sort of wander through life. And, um, and then I met my husband Mm -hmm. and got married and we settled here And 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 so I I think at that point I was just moving more intuitively through Mm -hmm. the process and and could see that really that's just the way I work and it's who I am. And so I I was able to settle into that a little more Mm -hmm. and and see where life was leading. And in fact, once we were married and we had three three children very quickly Mm -hmm. and life became very overwhelming and i I didn't have a career path at that time I was home with my kids I was I had some health problems in my pregnancies I wasn't able to continue working mm-hmm. and then very quickly it was obvious that our, our kids had some special challenges and that became really the focus of the next 15 20 years for me was supporting them serving them being in the in there with the doctors and the psychologists and the medical people and trying to figure things out. And, and it just really consumed my life in many ways. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little hard sometimes to pull out all of the growth and learning and change that comes in those experiences. But it was, it, being a mom and being a mom in this family was hugely transformative for mm-hmm. me. And it was so difficult. Yeah. So challenging and, and it's da- full of daily challenges. And sometimes when you have a neurotypical family, you just, you just don't know. And you, why would you know what it's like when you don't have a neurotypical family? So there's no reason why, why sort of your n- normal, quote unquote, mm. people would understand, but it is it is significantly different in terms of the experience, the relationships, the parenting challenges, watching your kids suffer. Mm. And, and And one thing that you and I had talked about last week, and I think I had mentioned that I was, I was somewhat surprised in my coaching how key this issue was of parents shifting their relationship with their young adults, moving from mm-hmm. the, them being kids to being young adults. And I remember you said, well, you know, you were surprised that I was surprised. And <laughs> in, my re- in my reflection, I realized part of it is we had done so much work in our parenting to uniquely address the challenges that there was a lot of stuff I had worked through before I even got to the emptiness that I think many people work through in this emptiness transition Mm -hmm. in terms of uh, how we related to our kids and, and what we had to do differently Mm -hmm. and what we had to change about ourselves and, and detaching from the outcome and detaching from feeling responsible, because it's so evident in special needs family, you cannot control what's happening. You can't control it. And so there's this inner work that has to happen to release control Mm. almost sort of earlier than than maybe we otherwise naturally would.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And so uh, what's stage did that start becoming apparent to you that that was a journey you needed to take what you know were you right sort of Mm. face to face with it when I mean did you consciously go about realizing you had to change how you were thinking about things in order to benefit you and your family or was it just a question of you were pushed straight into having to change and it wasn't even a conscious decision
1: No, I think you're, I think you're, this is a really good question because it's more like moments of Mm -hmm. recognition along the way where you just, it it sinks in for you. One, this is not what I expected. (laughs) Yeah. Something is, is, is not, is, is not working the way I had this image in my head. It was going to work. and. And you do have these moments of I can fight this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can I can spend my energy trying to change what's right before me, or I can accept it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and under try to understand it mm-hmm. for what it is and shift the way I'm approaching it. And part of it is shifting how you're approaching it, mm-hmm. but part of it is you have to let that change you internally. Yeah. And that's the deeper level and mm-hmm. I do I do remember significant occasions where I realized I had to change. And and often it's very hard we don't know how to change. We don't. Oh yeah. Have tools to change. We don't have the perspective and the mindset to change. But one thing I did have was determination. Because on many occasions, I said to myself, I don't know how to move forward.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But by golly, I'm not going back. And I'm not staying here. (laughs) (laughs) So we're doing something we are we are moving forward. And Mm -hmm. just that determination was enough to allow me to find the little things that could shift me and change me and I'm not the same person. I mean, none mm. of us are the same people we were before we had kids. But I, I seriously am not the same person because of what we went through as a family.
0: Mm. So one quote that I always say is, you can't do this on your own, but only you mm. can do it. Mm. So who was available to help you through all of that? Or who did you get the support from that you needed? Or were there, right. I mean, were there books? Were there courses? Was there a community? Because when we're going through struggle, for some reason, we all build up barriers and go, I'll get through this. It'll make me a better person if I get through this. And for some reason, we think we've got to do that on our own.
1: Yes, yes. Which is comedic, well, really. <laughs> in, many, in many ways, my, my sort of intellectual bent really served me because I was the kind of person who would go out and get all the books and try to take the courses and try to do the things. And that that did serve me. It it also also could undermine me because you can get in this mindset of great. I'm going to do this and this and this, and it's going to be better, or it's going to fix this, or or we're going to get to this place, and and that can that can be a trap. In fact, I, I remember this one time when. I was full of emotion. I was angry because Mm. I was investing so much in, in supporting my family. And we go to these experts, right? We go to this expert, this, this doctor, this psychologist, this therapist, this, whoever had their program. And, and I just became so angry because (laughs) I was like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Just tell me what to do. And I'll do it. And I'm like, nobody is telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and and it sunk in for me at some point, Karen, nobody's gonna tell you what to do. Hmm. You have to figure it out. You have to pull it out from within yourself. And I did have support. I had a supportive spouse. I had supportive parents and in-laws. I had a supportive church community. I had a supportive group of of women also struggling. And we could share in our each unique circumstances the the inner reality of what we were doing. I I did have support, but nobody was going to tell me what to do. Mm. And and that is that was hard for me to accept. And mm. embrace mm. and move forward because there's so much uncertainty then in, in the moving forward and in the trying to make progress.
0: And it's a real lesson in self-trust.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Because you have to trust that what you're going to do is enough.
1: Yes. And you have to you have to make choices without knowing. Mm. without knowing what it will bring. And then you have to have self-compassion to support yourself and care for yourself when you feel guilty, when you feel responsible, when you feel like you made a mistake mm-hmm. because it's unavoidable. Mm. <laughs> it's unavoidable that the the path forward will be be a difficult
0: yeah so somebody has actually just advised me and it was it was some advice I wish I'd got you know 30 years ago Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and she said you need to give yourself permission and I've actually written it down to be messy and to be mediocre Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and to explore and to Mm -hmm. be curious Mm -hmm. and to have fun in the process
1: It is so funny that you just said that, Lindsay, because (laughs) Curtis just made a post in our Facebook group this morning about exactly (laughs) that, giving yourself permission to be imperfect and to feel your way forward and that that's part of the process Mm. and it's part of mastery. It's part of learning. It's part of living for people. It is. It's how we're meant to live.
0: So it's... Every, from what you were just saying about your journey it's something that I spoke about actually when I spoke on the podcast on my own last week mm-hmm. and I was saying how difficult it is to step into this place of surrender yeah. and it's such a vulnerable place and yet it's the most powerful place mm-hmm. And that whole thing, I love the fact, especially because people obviously can't see you on video, but the, the, the fists going, I was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because we especially, I mean, I've got a real thing about, you know, females being angry and not, it's not socially acceptable. But I love the fact that you tap into that because there is such power mm. and such intuition when mm. we get so moved by an emotion. And very often we'll get moved by the emotion of sadness because it's okay for women to cry, but it's not Mm -hmm. okay for women to get ragingly mad Mm -hmm. about something,
1: which is actually where you get a great deal of power from (laughs) to make change. Yes, and to create boundaries and to stand up for yourself and to say no. And it's a very powerful emotion and it's powerful energy to draw from. I I just love that. I love the way you said that.
0: I mean, it's the way people talk about mama bear. And I, Mm -hmm. much as I love that and I love the intention behind the mama bear, it still has this sort of, you know, this idea of kind of, you know, this big fluffy mama bear cuddling baby bears. But actually, mama bear, when she's fierce, (laughs) you need to run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that we sometimes shortchange ourselves, that we have that within us.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we
0: all have it to draw on. Yes. when we really need it. I mean, everybody who has been on this podcast with me has shared their journey and shared how much power it took in certain times of their life. When, as you say, you could, and previously we'd have all done when we are younger, you just beat yourself up because you just think mm-hmm. you failed. But where do you go after that failure?
1: What's, yeah. what's next? If you can't find it within yourself, what do you do next? I love this book that just came out. I, I I haven't been able to start it yet. And I'm not sure if you've heard of the author, Kristen Neff, but she does a lot of research on Mm self-compassion and her first book was more generally on self-compassion, but this book is called Fierce Self-Compassion. And she talks about, yes, the yin and yang of self-compassion. And sometimes it is very comforting. It's caring. It's soothing and sometimes it's fierce and protective mm. and and i just i think that's such a powerful way of showing that even in something like self-compassion which when you first hear it sounds very soft and yeah. gentle <laughs> and and it and it's very powerful in that form but that's not its only form and that's not its only power yeah so i i i just if there's any recommendation to give to your listeners it's how powerful is this practice of self compassion in all of its different forms and mm-hmm. it really has risen to the top in our community and with our clients as such a key element really? of personal growth and 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 in both of its forms
0: mhm So where have you, because I really like to make it sort of personal about your journey as well, where have Mm -hmm. you really experienced or how do you give yourself that self-compassion?
1: Right. Well, I I have to give it to myself daily. Mm -hmm. And and it's a practice because it it actually does take some practice to learn what it feels like when we're compassionate towards ourselves and also to ask ourselves, what do I need right now? because Mm -hmm. what I need might, might really vary in this, in the different circumstances. So, you know, I mentioned some of the challenges that my family has had in the past and, and we still have it. It's not something we overcame Mm -hmm. or, or that's not going to be a part of our life moving forward. And, and I, I just know myself enough. I can start to feel Mm -hmm. when I'm anxious, when I'm feeling guilty, when I'm worried, when I want to jump in there and fix the thing. And those are the moments when I have to pause and just create a lot of awareness and validation
0: mm-hmm.
1: for how I'm feeling and name my fears. I have a lot of fears and I, and I always will mm. and be present to myself in my moments of suffering. And then ask myself that question, what do I need right now? And how can I give that to myself? And, and so often we really are looking for external things mm-hmm. to give us what we need. And, and that's not inappropriate to find support externally. Yeah, But when I'm looking externally for support and I'm not giving myself internally what I need, mm there's only so much that external can do for me. But when I shift that internal dialogue, when I shift the ways that I'm supporting myself, it just opens me up to experience so much more and so much more support.
0: And don't you also find that different people come into your life when you actually accept what's going on and you listen to what you need? Different people, different teachers, different books come into your life. And it's sort of like, oh, it was as if it was a miracle. They just showed up. (laughs)
1: Yes,
0: yes. And And something was opened. Exactly. It was almost as if you gave yourself the permission to open up to receive it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But up till then, you may have been so busy, you know, hanging on. And again, I'm doing the actions. I can't help it. You're hanging on like with, Mm -hmm. you know, with clawed fingers just hanging on till something gets better. And actually the best thing mm-hmm. you can do is uh, to relax it and let it come in. Yes. Yeah.
1: I totally agree.
0: Wowzers. So back to my questions, because I get so enthralled in yes. what you're saying. I can just sit and listen to it. I go, <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, oh, okay. This is always an interesting one. Is there anything you miss about your
1: younger self? Well, one thing I haven't told you yet. (laughs) Oh, go on, go on, there's more. (laughs) Is about, I would say maybe about six years ago, I realized that I had Lyme's disease. Oh, that's a challenge. Yes, that was a enormous challenge. And, And just recently, I was thinking because my husband has taken up this hobby of kite surfing. Oh, cool. And which is a, a very athletic kind of activity. And it takes a lot of, you know, physical investment. Mm. And, and I was thinking recently as I was watching him tight surf, you know, I, I would have done this in, if I was younger, or I would be doing it now if I didn't have my health issues mm-hmm. even. So I was thinking nostalgically about, really, I mean, really, I didn't appreciate my health when yeah. i was you know 20 something and being outdoors and kayaking and what have you and i i do miss having the opportunities that health brings to mm-hmm. to activities particularly in in this midlife experience when so many of us really really desire to reinvest in our own activities and being engaged and and our hobbies so so on the one hand, I was I was sad about that. But on the other hand, it actually motivated me to, to get going. And I mean, there are more things I could do mm-hmm. to improve my health and address the limes. And so it was kind of this mixed experience. But um, in the end, it's it was motivating.
0: Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So with the limes, how much impact does that have on your daily life?
1: It's, it's significantly impactful. So I have to get a lot of sleep, right? And, and my days feel very short. And then the I have low stamina. Mm-hmm. So, so low stamina, fatigue, and I have this very strict diet mm-hmm. that I have to abide by and prepare all my food. And so and then I have these other, you know, just various symptoms, my back hurts and I get headaches, mm. And you know, I got frozen shoulder once. and it's just, there's always something right. And, and actually th- this is something that more recently I've really struggled with that acceptance piece that we were talking about earlier ah. is, is I I'm trying to fight it, right. I'm just trying to push through and I'm just going to do the things that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But really what's called for is a deeper acceptance of Mm -hmm. what, what just is for me right now. Mm -hmm. And, and this was actually key for me in, in starting my business. I, I had limes Mm -hmm. and, and when I was intentionally just, you know, treating my limes very aggressively, I was, I was in bed for almost a year on different antibiotics and things. And, So I was I was in bed with this issue. I I still had all my family things I was managing. Mm -hmm. Uh, My husband was very busy in his law practice. And and I just felt so burdened, you know, like just Mm -hmm. overwhelmed and like, you know, like blocked in life by all of my circumstances. And I think we can all have times in our life where we've experienced that, where just the circumstances are weighing us down. And and that's the thing that getting a coach helped me with, was like digging me out of that overwhelmed place mm-hmm. and getting to a place where I could say to myself, no, I do have hope here. Right. I can look forward into the future and I can just start to carve out little things, little things that will move me forward. I have have more power and control than I think or than I feel mm-hmm. right now. And and I was able to finally say to myself at some point, yes, your circumstances are demanding. You feel overwhelmed, but you have a purpose here in life. And none of those things can take away that purpose. None of them can stop you from engaging with what you're meant to engage with. And yes, you have to release all of this other stuff Mm -hmm. that you're fixated on. (laughs) You have to let go of that so that your, that purpose can come forward. But I realized if I could do that, I wouldn't be a victim of my circumstances. And, and that's how I really felt at that time was like, I was a victim of my circumstances.
0: Oh my goodness. Just, That expression of victim of my circumstances Mm. is so powerful because actually that's the place that so many people end up in. Mm. But admitting that you're a victim of it and Mm. rather than sitting in the – so I talk about the house of cause and the house of effect. Mm. It depends on how you look at that. You can wear that T-shirt in either house. You can go and sit in that house So if anyone doesn't know cause and effect. You can sit in that house of cause and have Mm -hmm. some power against it, as you clearly found, or you can sit in the house of effect, whereby you go, oh, poor me, I am a victim of my circumstances and do nothing about it because you're so busy wallowing in the poor me energy. Yes. So it sounds as if you, you know, you strolled straight out of the effect house and went straight over to the cause to say, oh, okay, I have been a victim of circumstance, but actually... Mm -hmm. I now realize I have a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. So when you can start to unburden yourself of that overwhelm, that allows you to move forward. Yes.
1: I wouldn't say I got straight out, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean it
0: wasn't just like, you know, oh, Monday I was in that house and by Tuesday I was all good. <laughs> yes,
1: I built this other house. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that, does it? No, no but... But at that point, I never would have imagined that I would be here today talking to you. Wow. So so even though it was this gradual over a, a few years, it was possible. It was yeah. possible.
0: That's so motivational. That's just awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've really enjoyed talking to you, Lindsay. <laughs> oh, no, me too. That's the thing about these chats. We could just go on for hours. I know. I know. I, yeah, I'm just intrigued. Everybody has such an interesting story. Yes. And even yes. though we're all unique, we also have so much in common.
1: hmm mm-hmm. I mean,
0: there are times in your life that you face challenges. And fine, they've presented themselves in a different way. But you face the challenges and the way you felt would have been the way that we've felt and the yes. way, you know, that anybody else listening to this has felt at times in yes. their life. But it's not new. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. This is just, mm-hmm. this is how, this
1: is life. This is the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to harp on the self-compassion, but I just. Go for it. That's, that's, <laughs> if that's okay. If that's okay, it, it's such a powerful practice. And part of it is we can experience our suffering and feel so isolated, yeah, so alone, just what you were saying. And one of the pieces of self-compassion is learning how to connect ourselves to, to humanity because everybody suffers. Everyone suffers. Mm. How, the, the circumstances might be different. The particular challenges of their mm. story are different, but the experience, as you were saying, is the same. Mm. And I am actually connected to other people via my suffering, not isolated. It connects me to others if I if I allow it to do so. Mm. And and I let that enter in for me, that this connects me to everyone, really. Mm. Absolutely. On a
0: lighter inspirational uplifting note <laughs> yes because we can get way down into the deep of this because that's where we all live we all mm-hmm. live in in the weeds of everyday life and mm-hmm. you know it's lovely to be able to say I'm just going to rise above it and look at everything at a, a not detailed level but unfortunately there is a time for that but it's not where most of us live right so looking forwards, um. What are the things that you are excited about doing or something that you still really want to
1: do? This is actually a a tricky question for me. Awesome. Because (laughs) (laughs) I am one of those people, like so many moms, where it becomes difficult to to create your own dreams and your own wishes. and Okay, we've got a whole what
0: new podcast episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, I interrupted. It becomes difficult no. to create your own dreams. You're right. Okay, carry on with that. Tell me more.
1: Yes, yes. So so it, it can be, and, and it kind of gets back to what I was saying earlier is that our circumstances can, can be demanding and we, we care so much about those around us that it just, it's our natural focus. It's our natural investment. And if we're not intentional about stepping back and really asking what do I want and what are my dreams and wishes, it can be so hard. And I fight that fight constantly Mm -hmm. to really answer that question for myself. What, what do I wish for? What are my dreams? And And part of it is this this whole adventure that Curtis and I are on Mm -hmm. in this part of our lives is just allowing ourselves to have an adventure and not follow all of these easier paths. Or, well, you just keep working for about 10 years and I'll just keep managing. And then we can sit back and and take a breather, right? Which is often how we approach this phase of Mm -hmm. our lives. But that, that wasn't going to work for us. And so right now, actually, I think I'm in the midst of asking myself that question. What is it that I hope for moving forward? And part of it is I have to change how I think about myself
0: mm-hmm. because
1: I have a lot of perspectives about who I am and what I can do and what I can't do that over time. I think we just become so habitualized for ourselves and and so one of the things about having a business it's been extremely challenging for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though I'm doing what I love you don't do what you love for the whole time that you're working you do a lot of stuff you don't love in a business yeah and a lot of it is not aligned with the skills you think you have, or mm-hmm. who you think you are, or what you think you can do. So there's this constant challenge to to reframe your own picture of yourself and what mm. what's possible and what you can do. So I think I have some dreams emerging that they're a little in Kuwait now, kind of vague. I can't really articulate them, yeah, because I'm still in the midst of trying to shift how I think about who I am. And I think as that changes, those things will open up, and and I'll I'll be able to see them work through.
0: Fantastic. Okay. So uh, there is one last little story that I would love mm-hmm. you to share because I forgot to ask you about it, but I really wanted to ask you about it. You started your business just before COVID, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. So speaking of pivoting and changing and having new goals. How mm-hmm. did that all go?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, this has been a very high learning curve for both Chris and myself in the business. So I was working just very part time on the side for a couple of years with moms about my age, you mm-hmm. know, forties and fifties, um, doing doing some um some one-to- one coaching and and it was sort of this emerging vision of having Curtis retire early from mm-hmm. his practice and join me in this process and and I really I really did want this because in so many ways I felt bifurcated in in raising our kids that we had these because of our extenuating circumstances I had my pressing concerns he had his pressing concerns and and finding a way to really come together and work together, mm-hmm. which we enjoyed, just couldn't always happen. So I was very excited to, to think about being able to work together and invest together in this new adventure. And initially, we had decided to work with attorneys. Curtis was an attorney. We we had some insight and vision into the community, the demographic, the, that kind of a career and how challenging it can be mm-hmm. and how difficult it is for people in that career path to carve out the, the, just the deeper issues around mm-hmm. who they are, who they want to be, what will support them, how to move forward. It's very high pressure, intensive, competitive type of job. Mm. So we we wanted to serve that population. However, about eight weeks into it, COVID appeared, and and it just became clear that really engaging with the community in the way that we want to wasn't going to happen, at -hmm. least for the for the near future. So we went back to the drawing board and said, okay, what what makes sense here? Mm. And and several shifts and pivots occurred. We we decided to kind of go back to working with people that we, that I had been previously working with, uh, which is moms sort of in this empty nest transition. Mm -hmm. And, and I have to say, (laughs) Curtis is such a great partner for me Mm -hmm. in working with empty nest moms. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I'm the more sort of analytical, you know, thinker move through. He is so empathetic. (laughs) <laughs> he is so supportive. He is he gets people. He he understands the experiences. So we're a good team, and he is very well appreciated mm-hmm. by our clients in our community. So so I'm very pleased to have ended up working with these beautiful women that yeah. we're working with. So in many ways, it was um, it was a very good pivot. For us. Mm -hmm. But it, you know, it sort of meant that move onto social media, which I was not involved with. I mean, I don't even know if I had accounts (laughs) social media (laughs) prior. So here's another enormous learning curve is really is trying to to learn about, you know, relating on social media. And 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 you know, we want to have authentic conversations Mm. with people and and how to do that on social media how to engage and 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 really create a community it's been a a big learning curve but that's that's what we needed to do so fantastic we are
0: yes inspiration beyond well I hope we stay in touch because I want to know what those dreams are
1: (laughs) yes I'll (laughs) definitely stay in touch with you
0: (laughs) that's awesome okay so before we go how can people find you how can people contact you um,
1: and learn more. Yes. Right now, the best way to, uh, get to know us is to head over to Facebook and we have a Facebook group. It's called getting ready for your empty nest. And so come on over, join the group. We have lots of videos and uh, activity in the group. We'd love to hear from you via, via a message or, um, or via email. My email is just Karen at thmlcoaching.com. So we we always love to meet new people. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to
0: close it up there. I am so grateful that we've connected and I've loved Me our too. talk today. So thank you, thank you, thank you with all my heart. Thank um, you, Lindsay. It's been a oh, joy. You're so welcome. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, please connect with Karen and go and join their Facebook group and find out more about what Karen and Curtis are teaching and come over and like us on any of the podcast platforms. Also, you will find me on on soulfuladventureliving.com and lindsaydeswart.ca and on Facebook. And soon my Instagram profile is going to be way more podcast focused too. So if you hang out on Instagram, Come over and find me over there at Lindsay DeSwart. And thank you so much. I will see you for our next episode. So it's goodbye from me and Karen. Goodbye. Thank you.